Hello, 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 everyone. I am your brother, man, Josh, Joshua Mohari, and I'm back again with my 30 seconds. Um, yeah, where can I start, man? It's been, it's been a few weeks. It's been two weeks. Uh, we just took them off to rest, um, just to pause, reflect, and to actually rewind and just to look at what we have done thus far. Um, it's half half months down um the year and then we're looking forward to a very 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 productive second half of the year and i'm not alone as you know we're with our finance minister mr cliffy matiki from world associates cliffy how are you man hey mj man i'm all good how are you i'm great i'm great fantastic how have you been been such a long two weeks so much has happened uh in all across the country uh and uh, you know went to joburg or the snow as well mm-hmm. it's been such a, a really really busy two weeks and uh, to be honest i'm very cold it is getting very very cold this side but uh, all in all we're all good we're still uh, pushing on man. but i mean you should be used to it because you're in bloomfontein man i mean joburg weather shouldn't uh, <laughs> you know shouldn't uh do anything to you no man, you know, uh, it's just that the day I landed there in Joburg, bro, it was the day, I, I think, riding up to the cold front, there was that super cold front, the one that broke the snow. Yes, I came yes. around that time, and, and that, was, that, was, that was too much, man, I, I don't like. Brimbertain uh, is cold, it's cold right now, bro, uh, but that little three, two days that I had there, yeah, man, it was something else. Yeah. And it was beautiful, though, it was beautiful to watch with the snow and everything. I love it so much. I've been so excited, I've been telling people about uh, today's episode, you know, um more especially because of the reserve bank's um decision that they made yesterday not to increase any basis points whatsoever what do you think oh yes i mean it's good news you know it's good news to everybody because right now we're expecting everybody was expecting that they're gonna have that 0.25 basis point change yeah but uh, they actually decided to keep it the same you know and it's good news and just after they decided to do that they gave us the inflation news as well to find right now we are below that six percent threshold that's that uh uh, government uh the reserve bank sorry usually tries to keep in in that bound so yeah it's 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 good news for all the consumers right now in the country yeah yeah i was actually just about to get into that to say you know i actually think that after all the the reserve banks uh increase in the basis points uh along along the way during the course of the year was the result of um the stability in terms of the inflation rate and i think that's a good indication for investors investors out there that's a good starting point to pinpoint if we're going to market for investors investors out there to come invest in the country no 100 percent, you know and uh, i'll just refer to an article that i saw earlier on the internet you know they were talking about us working towards getting off the gray scale uh, gray listing sorry that we have um, and uh, you know one of these uh, one of these tools we have to use is like fighting the inflation now which we can see it's coming in bounds so um, as, as that gray listing goes outside investors foreign investors they then see us on a better on a better position and it least that 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 puts us in a better uh, position as a country as well mm, that is so beautiful but then perhaps for those that don't know what uh, gray listing is can you just like uh, give them some bit of 
uh, some knowledge on what uh, it actually means if a country is brainlisted? Um, so countries are, are rated. Uh, there's a body that rates them and it rates their um, ability to uh, to be invest uh, investable, if I could say. That are they, uh, how good are they in terms of their politics? How good are they in terms of balancing their fiscal spending? That's government spending. How good are they at managing money, uh, monetary spending as well, which we see with the uh, Reserve Bank. And on that uh, basis and that criteria, on how you can operate as an economy, they then have a, a listing, a scaling that they have. And of course, when you're in the gray, you are at the bottom. And obviously, you want to be at the top, uh, where now you are on the triple A. Usually, they used to use triple A's, uh, double A's. And then if you go further down, you get minus uh, minus triple C's and uh, junk bonds before. Now, they just mention uh, calling it gray listing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, I get that. And when you mentioned that, it reminds me of something that I just bumped into just the other week. And, uh, you know, an... Uh, in England, uh, where they play, they were playing the the tennis Grand Slam. I think that's Wimbledon, if I'm not mistaken. That stadium. I'll just double check that. So they have like they had a they had a they had a pigeon they had a pigeon problem. So they had a lot of pigeons around. So then the pigeons always make a mess. So about 20 years ago, they decided to get a a little hawk, or what we can call an eagle, beside. A hawk and they named them Rufus. So Rufus' job is to fly around the, the stadium, uh, to fly around the stadium to scare off any pigeons around there. Because you know, and he looks he looks at all the pigeons or anything happening from above. And that Jeez. said so much to me that you know, sometimes we have other we have higher powers or we have higher institutions that are looking from above to look at uh, regulations and regulate what the country is doing and i just yes. don't know if it uh, sometimes i just don't know if it's quite fair how a country like south africa has been treated recently more especially with the feud between um russia and ukraine and our strong ties with russia i think they've succumbed us to some extreme scrutiny uh, with the Western countries, and do you see that having a a bit of a, a, a um a, an issue with uh, the investments, foreign direct investments into South Africa? Yeah, you know, like so, as a republic, you know, immediately when we entered the uh, the stage of globalization, we were bound to be to be under under you know almost I uh, wouldn't want to say rule, but under the guidance of these uh, bigger economies, and we realized that now, as you mentioned, that we are caught between two because um, the West is asking us to do this, and uh, then again on the East we have with BRICS as well, uh, they want us to. Do- that you know so as a country of south africa we almost feel like everything that is done in the country is dictated and i mean if i'm bringing it to context quickly with the reserve and what they did as well i mean many people now start to see a trend where usually when the fed uh, does something in the u.s immediately we almost uh, do a mirror of that as well and then they almost try to predict our changes based on that and uh, then goes back to the point you're making about a hawk watching down the pigeons to make sure that everything is in line and uh, right now with the situation i think you know politically it was it was handled superbly because i mean if you look at the trends that happened what what happened was uh, mr maposa our president he went to to russia he went to the east uh, and discussed you know peace peace offerings discussed that matter that we spoke about the other day on the podcast uh, about uh, africa and how it's treated and he discussed these things you know and then being able to come back and then now we realize that you know what putin has actually decided he will not come to the country because him coming here was going to cause chaos based on the fact that 
like I said, we are playing on, uh, I think, as I would see it, on the West, West and the East. So he, he now is not coming. And as a country, we see that as a success. We have, we have dodged bullet way in which we were supposed to act. And us acting was not just going to be a small act. Him coming here, uh, President Putin, and us having to act on that, that was going to be a global uh, sort of sort of opposition. Yeah. And uh, that, that was going to, you know... Um, we were, yeah, we were going to experience leave, leave a, a global catastrophe had that happened. And speaking of bricks, just this week... Uh, the BRICS Youth Summit was hosted in Durban and uh, I was quite excited to see some of my friends there. Some of my friends flew down there, some of the people that I know as well flew down there and it was quite interesting and uh, what really sparked me the most was uh, uh, the Honourable Minister of Women, Youth and Persons with Disability, Dr. Nkosu Zanajamini Zuma. She said something remarkable. She said that we expect young people to accelerate the building of a new global system that is more just and inclusive. And said that BRICS is a getaway, is a breakaway from that from the past. Now, with that being said, um, do you do you think that um, such initiatives can born or can bear successful fruits in the, in the in the global economy? I mean, one of the few things that we discussed here. Up, uh, besides inclusion, well, education, uh, globalized education, and, and, and so on. So, do you think such initiatives can assist us compete in the global market as countries within the BRICS, or and so on? And most particularly as young people of South Africa that have the ability to work and have the ability to um, to offer resources when needed. Um, you know the way the BRICS uh, framework is created. I would say that um, it is designed, yes, to get us to a position where in the world we all also have, uh, will be in a position where we can now have our ground and also compete at a certain level, which is why now we are seen as an emerging market. But that has slowed down recently because of literally like now, now we are seeing that there is a global uh, you know, push and pull. Uh, trying, like I said, BRICS is an Eastern movement where the parts of the West don't want that to come up. These guys came up with things like the World, uh, the uh, Development Bank, that BRICS Development Bank. One that was supposed to fund activities that are happening in, the, happening in these emerging markets. But of course, with Western interest in these emerging markets, that's it's something that obviously they can't have because what it creates is now independent countries such as South Africa being able to be a, a big actor in the international stage. And um, I think the way it is designed, it is designed to, to put us in a better position. But if it can be followed like that, I'm not sure if that is practically possible because as you can see now, there are so many tensions amongst the global leaders and the leaders that are leading the BRICS, uh, as we see Russia and China are actively engaged you know, in, in activities that are, are against, uh, what is this, the Western, Western powers, yeah. even in currency in itself. Uh, they, currency now is also something that has been brought up, something that has not been brought up in a long time. So really if those kind of things can then be solved and that framework that BRICS has put up for us as as, as as emerging markets to use, if that can happen, yes, it can work for us. But right now, like we say, it's push and pull and quite frankly, as South Africa, we're almost in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, as we always have, we always have the segment of the show where we talk about innovation of the week. Uh, I was quite fascinated. I saw a couple of things, but then I saw something quite interesting and I thought this would be very um, this would be very interesting for young people um, and I've, I've, I've come to this realization based on how young people uh, competing in the market don't like debit orders 
and they don't like constant con- constant things or signing contracts that can't be easily changed and then bumped into um, a, a mobile networking company called Melon Mobile uh, and they say they aim to disrupt South Africa's mobile industry by offering fu- a fully customizable data subscription service so that is so cool what do you think of that man and that is that is fantastic you know is that that whole offering right now of being able to personalize products that that is the future because like you said yeah you said something so so important it struck me too even in the industry that i'm in where in terms of insurance and having to sell insurance to to younger generations life covers and all of that that uh younger generations just are not comfortable with constant contracts they want something that is i can change it now and make it into something else if i don't want to go on with it i can use this much and and tweak it in such a way that it suits me and that is the i mean what technology has brought us to to a state where each and every individual wants something that is tailor-made for them and i think that is that is groundbreaking and i think that is the future of of products in itself if you're not able to directly speak to the individual because before product was sold to us wholesale um, you could all of us get it and we have to use it like that but nowadays we see that uh, because more and more uh, things are incorporated uh, ai for instance now we are able to do what to target the individual and uh, if they're able to use that like that that will be powerful man uh, it will be powerful but it will be also a very good job in terms of the science behind it because if each and every individual can get the amount of data they want to use yeah, that is that is a lot of um, yeah. background. I, 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 I went through the I, I went through the website and what it showed there was you could decide um, the the amount of data you want, the amount of airtime you want, and the amount of SMSs you want. So if you are like a call person, then you would definitely pick more calls than more data and more SMSs. And as compared to your know, our traditional ways, when they just award us based on I don't know whatever system they use but I think that's quite transformative but then with that being said I wanted us to look at the financial gatekeepers in such industries you know uh, yes, in the mobile yes. networking industry you have some big giants like MTN uh, Telcom Vodacom or Vodafone as many may know it um, we've, we've seen some we've seen some mobile networks come and go I don't know if you remember tw- around 2010s Ata, do you remember Ata? Yes. Yeah, yes, Ata yes. came and went. I mean, Rain is is in, and they're just trying to do this and that. Virgin Mobile was there at some point, you know. But then, what do you really think is the biggest problem, uh, more especially for uh, this tech and uh, this tech and communication businesses to enter into such competitive markets in South Africa? It's because, uh, um, you know, when we look at the country, and there are many kind of these sort of uh, industries that have these, what you call them, uh, you said gatekeepers. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of olig- oligopolies which make it hard for, for smaller business to come and compete. And uh, oligopolies are just, you know, a number of businesses, a small number of businesses that have come together and regulated that industry in which it works for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then competition is, is, is quickly eliminated because immediately when you try to get into the industry, they have set regulations in such a way that obviously they they are already known in the industry. They have already established themselves, and they are they are sort of many things that they can protect risk management uh, on a risk management perspective that they can protect themselves from. So they create regu- regulations in such a way that 
small businesses find it hard to just compete because the same customers that you want are the same ones that the oligopoly has in itself. So it, it, it becomes challenging. And you know, I just thought about it now, if we look at bread as well, companies like Albany, Sasco, these are the gatekeepers. Nobody else can enter that market. And we can go on and go on as well. There, there are so many kinds of these sort of um, situations. And for competition is not good because if you control it like that, then that means you guys control the show. You guys decide what happens. But and I want us to look like at it. One... I want us to look at it in this way. Um, I want us to think and for perhaps uh, to give a food, uh, to to give something uh, to our listeners to think about. What is it that perhaps the state can help us do? in terms of regulating such competition to allow a lot of SMMEs in, uh, in our country because it's, it's, it's tried that SMMEs are the backbone of the South African economy but because of uh, the red tapes and uh, these financial gatekeepers and so on we see some of these SMMEs, especially tech SMMEs, unable to compete in the in the in the in, in the in the market at large because of all this so what exactly can be done what exactly do you think should be done and what exactly may we do to ensure that um these smmes are also assisted in terms of competing in a larger scale um in terms of the government and uh, I, I think we always uh, say this every time reinvesting in the economy that is the one thing that they should and will do and we go back to the most simplest thing that we talk about day to day that affect small business because for small business the main thing is having to survive in south africa they say that five, first five years yeah. and things like we mentioned the road being being good to drive infrastructure. on uh, um, electricity yeah. being on uh, infrastructure to be there transportation mm. transnet like can we get uh, a way in which goods can get to to fro without risks of trucks burning risks of trucks having accident you know things just simple things like that which obviously to us may seem simple because it's just a discussion but in terms of implementation and it seems like it's a hard thing but if they can just reinvest in the economy in itself in the people that I swear that I think that would be good for small business to then also stand up and be able to be in a position to because the market will be there if yes. the government reinvests in its people there will be a market and where there's a market there are entrepreneurs yep. with these entrepreneurs there's an, there's an economy you see Absolutely. but now the, the, the market is not there because the government is not reinvesting in its people yeah speaking because of just, speaking it, of infrastructure uh gee man it's such a pity I just saw a video I think yesterday before yesterday uh there was an explosion in Johannesburg CBD and I I just can't seem to pinpoint what the issue is a lot of people are saying a lot of things I don't really know I just know it's an explosion but we have a lot of uh old infrastructure in South Africa uh be it that some of these things some of these infrastructures that have been put in place are not necessarily saving us the way uh, some of the catastrophic do you, some do, some of the catastrophic things that we are coming across is a result of the poor infrastructure and the one the one biggest one being you know the electricity generating infrastructure you know the minister of electricity came out a number of times saying you know what the infrastructure is old and some of the people that were in the escom board were, were saying indeed that you know the infrastructure was old therefore it was not able to generate enough anyway so what actual what actually can be invested in because we can't fully say that infrastructure 
what stance do you think the country should take at best to focus on in terms of infrastructure because i'll give you an example china china has positioned itself to be a tech comp a tech world or a tech um a tech world um what's this yeah a tech world point where they know that they specialize in tech and now as we can see india is going that way as well they've positioned themselves that way because they want to be known for tech um and as compared to most african countries south africa is still in term, in agriculture and so on but then we seeing a number we seeing a number of uh, changes in terms of the in terms of the response of the economy where we see that the economy in south africa and the jsc and so on some of the top performing companies are companies that focus on service and tech services and so on do you think that the government should really reconsider investing in enablers or enabling resources or enabling uh, infrastructure to allow to permit uh, better access to global markets in terms of uh, tech enabling uh, infrastructure for example fiber 4g 5g whatever it is uh, better access better access to financial instruments like uh, your pocket post pos and so on crypto and all that do you think it's necessary right now or it's not the time um just to, uh, i'm just going to make an example now with what you said that accident we saw in johannesburg you know yeah, um imagine that is happening and you have now just put on the the latest fiber networks you know fiber has to go on underground and all of that mm-hmm. imagine now you've put the best fiber networks and something like that happens so the, the, the point i'm trying to make is that um i think we, for now even though we don't want to lose track with the world uh, um and we, we shouldn't mm-hmm. that's why institutions of learning should always be funded so that we keep up uh, with the world in terms of what's happening mm-hmm. but i think now is a time where we should go back to basics we're talking about infrastructures not working these are things that in of plumbing you know engineering you know what i mean things that involve uh, this uh, the fixing of infrastructure involves actual physical work that has to be done these things should and should be the things that are invested in right now because if we say we're digitology software it's something that is uh, you you need a, a working infrastructure for you to be able to enable technology to work at its best but if the structure in itself is not there then the, the, the point of bringing in this new technology it's unnecessary because any at any time you might find a road will blow up because a gas tank is leaking first yeah. let's get to invest I, this is my opinion invest in those things that will first bring up the structure and like i said these this is technical sort of work this is technical sort of learning and engineering sort of learning that if it's promoted i think then we have something going because we can't promote 4ir before we don't be we don't have buildings where where is this 4ir going to be you know and yes. uh, we, we we need to first track back and focus on that then we can meet the world in a point where we have a structure now we also have scientists who know which sort of technologies we can put on these structures for them to work mm. Well, Cliffy, I think there's still a lot to unpack. I mean, we still have next week. I see the time is running out. Uh, just before you leave, uh, tell me about it. You're going to watch Oppenheimer today. Oh, yes, 100%. I heard they invested oh, about $100 million US dollars there. How much do you think they should expect an opening week? Now, opening weekend is uh, just alone. I was reading here earlier on. Uh, they're expecting 50 to 100 million. Uh, in terms of returns dollars 
and uh, that's just on the opening week you know Ooh, but yeah. quite frankly it's an awesome awesome movie and um, the, the, the studio itself trusted the director you know I always keep telling people this like the director was giving us the movie is one of the best the same guy directed movies like Inception Interstellar Dunkirk so now he's giving us another one from World War 2 which is Oppenheimer and uh, it's a very very uh, wonderful story an interesting story based on the context of what it is so it's, it's worth it I'm gonna go watch it and it's gonna be three hours so it's the type of movie where you need all your focus you know it's not an yeah. action like that until you know so um, but awesome movie I think I'm, I'm definitely going for it I, also I'm going to watch so, Bobby uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes so if you uh, if you want to watch Bobby as well that's a lighter movie uh, and Bobby's actually expected to make more yeah definitely they they weekend. were making campaigns like crazy man I just saw my my nearest shopping complex here that all the pop-ups for Barbie people were taking pictures then kids and so on and that was so interesting man but you know what I don't want to take your time I think you're watching your movie at 6 aren't you? um no 7 actually oh, the right, ticket cool. was 7 o'clock yeah, right. so now we're just gonna get ourselves ready and uh, eat before we watch like yeah. I said you need all the focus man. Oh, take, take, take a pack of um, extra peanuts put them in your pocket you know they're very expensive there the economy is rough, eh? <laughs> you know what, Cliffy? No, 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 no. We have to support our, have to support our <laughs> I mean, you so bought it somewhere, it. didn't you? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like, like I always say, it, I always end the show. Like, the, like, sense through the hourglass. So it's the time that we have to spend together. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Cliffy Matiki from Wealth Associates. Until next week, Cliffy. See you soon, man. Ah, thanks, MJ. Have a good one. Cheers.